This is the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. We are bringing you updates on the policy news you need to know using the reporting prowess of CQ Roll Call. I'm Sean Zeller. Today is Monday, July 6th. COVID-19 is in full force in the U.S. as the nation logged 250,000 new cases just in the first five days of July. The death rate continues to decline, however, even as more than 2,500 people have perished from the disease so far this month. Many states are retreating on opening, even while others plow forward. Three leading health organizations urged Americans to wear masks when they leave their homes in an open letter published Monday. Officials from the American Health, Medical, and Nurses Associations warned that, quote, COVID-19 is not behind us, and we must resist confusing reopening with returning to normalcy. Doing so will escalate this crisis and result in more suffering and death. As the nation grapples with the sobering reality of the pandemic, Washington is in the midst of appropriations season. Lawmakers are deciding how much money should be apportioned to different agencies. Later in the podcast, we will talk about how Congress is trying to fund education so all kids can begin learning at the start of the school year. We begin with CQ Roll Call's Niels Lesniewski, who has the latest on the businesses that received loans of more than $150,000 as part of the Paycheck Protection Program. I've spent part of my day Monday looking in to the newly released data from the Small Business Administration and the Treasury Department regarding Paycheck Protection Program loans. Nationwide, some 4.9 million small businesses have received assistance under the PPP, according to this newly released data. We're focusing at CQ Roll Call on the effect of PPP funds in and around the nation's capital. We're looking at not just businesses that have ties to Washington, D.C., but also potential business ties to those owned by members of Congress and their families. We're also focusing specifically on the businesses in Washington, D.C., itself. And in the the national capital region, uh, there's a mix of shops that are involved in lobbying and other businesses of Washington, like public relations consultants. It's not just lobby shops and official Washington businesses. There's plenty of small businesses around the nation's capital that have received the Paycheck Protection Funding as well. And on Capitol Hill, that's apparent because watering holes that are popular with congressional staffers like Bullfeathers on the House side and Union Pub on the Senate side have received assistance, as have a slew of small businesses, hotel operators, and other people in in Washington, just like in the rest of the country, uh, who have been devastated because of the closures that were required because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But it's also true that there are some recipients who are certainly going to be facing questions. That includes groups like Taxpayers for Common Sense and the nonprofit arm of Americans for Tax Reform, their foundation, 
And these are groups that are technically qualified for the assistance, and, and many of which were devastated because of the, the pandemic and various funding channels drying out. But they're sort of either loosely or not so loosely affiliated with groups that have generally been against the kind of government assistance programs in the past. They tend to be anti-tax groups or anti-tax increase groups. And I think that there's going to be more uh, scrutiny, certainly on the definitions. Also receiving PPP funds are organizations that are associated with Congress. This includes the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute and the Association of Former Members of Congress. These are organizations that have current and former lawmakers on their boards. Uh, they are nonprofit organizations that are well qualified for the PPP funds, uh, but certainly that's an area of focus as well as we talk about how this money is ultimately being used as we move towards the next phase where people will be arguing about whether or not the loans should be forgiven. The other thing is that there's a lot of religious institutions that were ultimately able to get the assistance, and that includes churches of all types and denominations and other religious entities in and around Washington. And so DC is kind of a microchasm of what we've seen all across the country. We're still digging into the numbers, but it's safe to say that uh, the, D the DC area received the same kind of assistance as a lot of other places, although the uh, exact numbers are hard to tell in part because of the way this data was released. And we don't always talk about sort of the, the metrics, but these files are a little bit complicated because entities were identified by their legal names. So in a lot of cases, you're dealing with LLCs that have vague names, and it's going to take the reporters at Seek Your Roll Call and other outlets quite a bit of time to actually delve through all of the details. The parent company of Seek Your Roll Call is Fiscal Note. Fiscal Note also received assistance from the Paycheck Protection Program, which was noted in today's release. Next up, how the digital divide has hampered online learning for many American children and what lawmakers may be able to do about it. Hello, I'm Michael McInerney, a policy reporter with CQ Roll Call. And with my colleague, Dean DeCharo, I took a look at a problem that's gonna be facing millions of school children as they return to school this fall, a lack of internet access. There's federal data showing that about 12 million kids lack internet at home or internet connected devices. And thousands of school districts across the country are looking at the potential of continuing distance learning in the fall or doing sort of a hybrid approach of a few days in class, a few days out of class. And for those millions of kids, they may not have the ability to keep up with schoolwork as the year goes on. And there's also surveys showing that many schools weren't able to reach kids this spring when things shut down because of the coronavirus. Now, a lot of schools and local libraries and things like that have taken steps to purchase and distribute things like internet hotspots and laptops or Chromebooks, but a lot of libraries and school districts have already been squeezed by this crisis and they might not have the funds to distribute devices. 
And then also some of the places that we talk to, uh, for instance, in rural Texas, a local library can't fix the fact that there's not internet infrastructure in the community to get people connected and learning at home. Now, Congress has several proposals in front of it, including uh, one from Representative James Clyburn that was folded into the infrastructure bill that passed last week. That bill would provide something like $100 billion of grants and loans to encourage broadband infrastructure build out, including a specific $5 billion fund to provide Wi-Fi for school children. And then there's another proposal that became part of the HEROES Act that passed in the House earlier this year that would encourage immediate access to the internet, including things like subsidized internet access for people who have been affected by the coronavirus pandemic. However, both of those are still waiting on action from the Senate, where uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has said that the chamber may take up a relief bill this month, but it's still going to be a far cry to having a bill passed in July to having things ready for school to start in September. That's it for July 6th. Tomorrow morning, we will have a report on how the House is trying to push through $10 billion in foreign aid for COVID-19 relief. Stay with us for all the latest policy news on the pandemic. For the entire CQ Roll Call News team, I'm Sean Zeller.